Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento. My guest today is Reverend Donna Apodoni, well known for her work with CAP Radio as host of Morning Edition and CAP Radio Reads. She is an interfaith minister ordained in New York in 2009. She is also a speaker at half a dozen congregations, and she is the teacher designer of the wonderful course Transform Mission Path. Donna and I decided to take on a spiritual discipline to deepen our, our own inner lives this summer, and this series, 12 Powers of the Soul, is the result. Welcome, Donna. What's our topic today? Hi, Deborah. Our topic today is wisdom. And I just have to say right up front that when the topic is wisdom, I realize how little I have to say. <laughs> Well, think about it. If you say too much, you come out sounding a little too smart. And if you don't say enough, you come out sounding like you don't have any wisdom at all. So it's a fine line that we're going to be balancing as the people who are guiding this podcast today. But we'll make it interesting and entertaining. And um, I think it'll be well worth everyone's time. I do too. And it's interesting that you say that because when I think of wisdom, the first thing I think of is quiet, I guess, quiet knowing. Um, When I think of someone who is really wise, they're the person who probably speaks the least. Uh, You know, to me, yeah, wisdom is, and it's not restraint. It's just, I don't know, there's a, to me, wisdom implies, um, calmness, presence of mind. I, I, I'm not quite sure where to go from there, but that's, you know, it, the word wisdom and the word quiet always come together for me. Even though it's a little difficult and uneasy to define wisdom, I think we can all envision people who we know or even people on the public stage who we consider to have wisdom. And in a lot of cases, yeah, those are the ones who are quiet, who speak sparingly. And when they speak, they really have something to say. And they're, and, and they're the ones who aren't resisting. Yeah. Then they're, they're not resisting life. They're not resisting the situation. Um, I found myself in a, in a conversation yesterday, and I was saying something and it was I was speaking to someone considerably younger than me, and it occurred to me that it might have been a wisdom moment. Not and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it felt like that. Is that the um, this this person has a relative who is downsizing and wanting to give things, and this person has no room, no desire for things, <laughs> and was trying to let this person the you know the relative down easily, and. When I just was overhearing this conversation, and I just said later, I said, you know, maybe just simply taking it and then passing it on to someone else would be the most graceful way to do it, because this person's never going to come to your house and be able to look and see. And the, the, the person, you know, the eyes lit up and went, oh, that is a good way to do it. And, you know, we just kind of, and that we just kind of left it at that. But it was one of those, one of those things for me that was born out of experience and compassion. Maybe that's part of wisdom is the, the compassion of how do you deal with this situation 
where someone wants you to do something that you don't really want to do, but, you know, um, so I guess for me, wisdom and, and compassion probably have something to do with each other as well. Experience and compassion as a, uh, as an equation equaling wisdom. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I like, well, you said it, I'm just repeating it back to you. Well, you put it together, though. <laughs> that's really good, because we do tend to think of people over a certain age as having wisdom. We automatically give that, and when someone very young expresses something that appears to be wisdom, we say, oh, she's an old soul. So that experience element that you just mentioned, along with compassion, do seem like two elements that we look for when we define wisdom. And the thing is, is I think this is, it's all on a very intuitive uh, level for all of us. It's like, I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever gone out looking for someone who had wisdom. Um, It's just like you recognize it when you, when you see it, right? I mean, I have, occasionally someone comes and says, give me some of your wisdom. But um, for the most part, I, I think wisdom is something that you just experience as a natural part of, um, you know, and I mean, and, and I don't know, this is probably a different, a different uh, bunny trail we could go down later, but, you know, is, is, uh, is the, I don't think you can consciously gain wisdom. I think wisdom is built, acquired acquired and built interesting yeah it is isn't it there is no i mean we can take classes in wisdom but that doesn't mean we'll walk away having it right when you were talking right at the beginning about the quietude of wisdom i thought of this will tell you something about me as a kid, because one of the things that my father used to say to me a lot was, discretion is the better part of valor. And what he was saying is, shut your mouth once in a while. But that discretion matches what you were talking about as the, the quiet part of wisdom. Discretion being the better part of valor is a form of saying, if you're a little quieter, you'll hear more, and then you will be evolving towards something that might imitate wisdom. So it's a very it's a very subtle path to wisdom, but I think it's still there, discretion. I love dictionaries. Wisdom, the quality of being wise. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Funkenwagnall. Yes. <laughs> Um, it also the quality of have of, of see we're already there the quality of having experience knowledge good judgment the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience knowledge and good judgment and you know yeah. we talked about uh, judgment or or, or, dis, or uh, discernment last week um, I do love how these are all coming these are all following on each other even though we didn't really set out to do that um, we didn't set out to do it. But right. the plan was pretty clear. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and going back to the, you know, the discretion is a better part of valor. Um, there's something about th- that I was connecting valor and wisdom too. And, and, and of course, when someone says discretion, better part of valor, I always see that as walking away from an argument or a battle. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when 
when that's said is, you know, it's like walk away. And maybe wisdom is knowing when to walk away. Choose your battles is yeah. what it's saying. Yeah. 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 When I think of people who have wisdom or even categories of people who have wisdom, a quote came to mind and it, it, it showed me that wisdom in my interpretation of it is equal parts self-respect and surrender. Ooh. You know, you have to have enough confidence and self-respect to say, I think I know what to do in this situation. But you also have to have enough sense of surrender, that discretion leading to valor or wisdom is another way of saying surrender. You also have to say this battle ain't worth it. I'm just going to step aside here and be really quiet. And I thought of something that one of the Andretti kids said, I don't remember if it was one of his own children or his nephews, said about Mario Andretti. He said, Mario told me everything I know about racing, but he didn't teach me everything he knows. Implying that this man with all the experience and background and compassion and wisdom knew within his own craft and within his own circle when to just be quiet, be the teacher, and after that, let them figure out, out for themselves. Well, because I think experience is absolutely the the, the bedrock of, of wisdom. If you haven't, if you haven't, ex- I, I can sit here and I can tell you all sorts of things about myself or whatever, and you can, and you will believe that I had that experience, but you will never know that experience. You will never know that unless you've experienced it yourself. It's not, it's, it's not real to you in the same way if you haven't walked through it. Well, that is true for a lot of people. That's true yeah. for a lot of people, but there are also the people who walk among us who have a very strong sense of ancestral wisdom. The Ruiz family comes That's to mind. True. Yeah, people who who really understand and really accept and really are the legacy, um, and and have had wisdom passed down to them directly, like the Andretti's, directly or indirectly. Right. Certain knowledge was passed on to them. They still have to figure out how to use it. But that ancestral wisdom goes beyond what a lot of us feel we need to have as experience before we can have wisdom. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But even even the people growing up in those in those wisdom traditions are still having to have their own experience to be able to, you know, I mean, right. you still have to have some sort of experience to I mean, because I, you know, if someone wants to talk to me about what it's like to be a minister or, or something or whatever I've got, yeah, I can, I, I can share that. But if you want to talk to me about what it's like to be an accountant, I got nothing. <laughs> I got no experience. <laughs> no experience in that one. So you just have, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no gifts a- for it either, which is why. <laughs> So the, so the wisdom, or rather the experience of wisdom, can be direct or indirect. Mm-hmm. I was also reading recently a book by um, an NPR reporter named Michaeline Duclef called Hunt, Gather, Parent. 
And it's about going to some of the old cultures in the world and learning what they know about parenting that's different than what Europeans and Americans do in the parenting process. I'm not a parent, and I'm fascinated reading this book because it's a sociological essay in in a lot of ways that applies to parenting. But she was talking about how uh, how wisdom for the future is passed down. We talked about ancestral wisdom, getting it from the past, but she was actually talking about how teaching children um, to be respectful from the past, how that extends into the future. So in some cultures, if it's, if it's viewed the right way, the experience hasn't been had yet. These young children haven't had the experience of being wise, but they're picking up on little pieces of wisdom. So when that experience happens and when that event happens, they say, aha, somewhere I heard about this and learned about it. And now I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, so and- I find that fascinating that the wisdom is on a continuum of time, of, of family, of environment. So we all, we know we all have it, but I never had thought about it before this exploration with you, had never thought about it as past and future on a continuum of wisdom. And then there's just purely cultural, just, I mean, you've, you've got the families and, you know, and like you're talking about these, these other cultures that, that, that just we're all taught how to behave. We're all taught how to to be in this world, you know. And uh, when you're saying that, is one of the one of the things that I don't know why I'm bringing this up because I'm not sure it fits, but it's coming, so I'm going to say it. Is that the way older people in our particular culture are are, you know, we're we're not respectful of older people, right? The way other cultures are, and I have noticed yes. that when I am out going around town. And I will be coming up to a door or something, and there will be other uh, young people coming the other direction. If they are from any other culture besides my Caucasian, American, whatever, they always open the door for me. They stop in the parking lot to let me walk by. They are very respectful. And I see it. It's just such a contrast to me. And it's and it's and I am not putting us down. It's just the we don't we teach our children differently. And all of these, all of these, these people from other cultures, um, who you know, uh, whether they have like whether they're like third generation immigrants or if they've just gotten here, um, culturally they respect their they respect older people, and you just see it walking around, and it's a wisdom that I'm hoping that they'll carry. And, and, you know, that, that can kind of spread because we need to be kind. And, and there's a compassion there, too. But um, so wisdom is something, I think we each gain our own kind of wisdom. But then there's the cultural wisdom. There's the, yeah, there's a prevailing wisdom. What is that? What is it? Prevailing wisdom. Isn't that a term? I think it is. Yes. The prevailing the wisdom is, prevailing is just wisdom? sort of the, the current thing that people are talking about. So right? that would be the current thing that people think is okay. Yeah. Currently accepted. Which to me is not wisdom. <laughs> right. It doesn't. Well, it could be. It will, it I mean, could it could be. be, but. But most often is not. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the way the term is used 
it rarely has anything to do with wisdom. Maybe that's one of those things that we can turn around. Yeah, just but by this one little podcast, maybe we can turn the whole thing around. <laughs> I'm always hopeful. <laughs> I'm always hopeful. But we both brought in examples of uh, of respect, and we both brought them in in terms of people of a certain age showing respect for another age and how that plays into wisdom. So respect, whether it's self-respect or respect for someone else, seems to be a part of wisdom. Well, the thing, yeah, when you said self-respect a little while ago, I something pinged. It was like, the thing is, is if I don't have enough self-respect and self-understanding, then I'm not going to be able to tap into my own inner wisdom. Right. And, and we true. have, you know, and I think we have an innate wisdom. I mean, there's the, the wisdom that we gain through experience and living life and choosing our battles. But I think we also have an, kind of an innate wisdom. I mean, little kids are pretty wise. Little kids are pretty smart. Until we unteach them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I tempered self-respect with surrender. Because if we think about it, we know that self-respect and how it plays into wisdom, self-respect is knowing when to be quiet, is knowing how to choose your battles. But I added the word surrender as a reminder of, by self-respect, I don't mean overconfidence. I mean a spiritual self-respect, which leads into surrender and then provides a sense of that wisdom. So here's, here's my big question. Bottom line, wisdom, once we know what it is, why don't we use it? Oh my gosh, there's no answer. <laughs> <laughs> We're so distracted, you know, and we... Um, we don't live in a wisdom culture. We don't live in a culture that values wisdom. I mean, like I've, you know, said that people will come up to me, you know, and say, so Deborah, show me some of, you know, share some of your wisdom with me. And then they'll ask me a question. And, um, which is great. I mean, I, I, I love those conversations. Um, but it's sort of like, I'm okay until I need help. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to look for wisdom. Other than that, leave me alone. And I mean, and we talk about how, you know, you only pray when the boat is sinking, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I think this is a, a, a kind of a natural human tendency. It's like, I'm fine until I'm not. Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, where's the wisdom? Where's the, where's the, where, where's the stuff that's going to save me? Yeah, I never thought of just walking up to somebody and saying, give, give me some wisdom. <laughs> and, I mean, in a way, that's, that's the simplicity of that is lovely. It is. The simplicity and, and the trust yeah. that someone has in you to just, just walk up to you and ask for that is, is very sweet in a lot of ways. Maybe I should do that more often. Yeah, and, and when they phrase it like that, it's... Um... It somehow helps me drop into my spirit-led converse, a spirit-led conversation, um, as opposed to something. I don't know. Asking for advice and asking for some wisdom to me triggers something differently in my in my connectedness when I am 
working with someone. Um, Very different. Yeah. But for one thing, to me, wisdom is something, um, if, if we're talking about wisdom, I, I am free to offer this to you and you can use it or not. If someone's asking for advice in my personal experience, it is they're, they're wanting me to tell them what to do. Wisdom is here, take this, figure it how it works for you. Advice is, here's your answer. Uh-huh. Is it in the eye of the beholder? Or do Absolutely. we bear responsibility as the person answering the question? No, is there, I mean, okay, I mean, I have learned, uh, some of my own personal wisdom is that when someone asks me a question, I am now wise enough to know that whatever I say, they're going to do what they're going to do with it. Right. It's not my, my, my job is to offer what comes through me. After that, whatever, because the person is going to do what they're going to do with it, no matter what. And if I if I get invested in making them do whatever it is I said, then I'm I, I'm not doing my job. I'm, I'm actually failing at my job. You know, it's ask me a question, I give you an answer. You know, somebody contacted me the other day and said, "What's the difference between surrendering and just not caring at all anymore?" Sounds and, like a different podcast. Yeah, it probably is. You know, and I just wrote back and I said, actually, sometimes you have to get to the point where you don't care. And we were, and I, I did kind of cover the, you know, if you're not wanting to be on the planet anymore, that's that's a different conversation. But if you've just gotten to where there's something going on and you just don't care anymore, maybe that's, you know, Spirit's way of helping you let go and surrender. And that was, you know, that was the little, and I felt like that was a piece of wisdom coming through me because it was teaching me something. It wasn't something I thought up out of my, and maybe that's the other part of it. To me, um, wisdom is intuitive. It is knowing that you don't have to intellectually think about. I didn't intellectually think about that. I was just texting and I just texted that and went, oh, okay, I need to listen to that too. So the phrase coming through you is key in that example. Yeah, and I think coming through us is maybe the other way is where you m might... Uh, uh, call something wisdom as opposed to, to me, wisdom transcends intellectual um, contemplation. I'm going to go back to my, my core question. The answer comes through me. I have wisdom. It's given to me. I have a choice whether or not I use it. Why don't we use our wisdom? because we don't trust ourselves. You, you were talking about self-respect. Self-respect has, to, okay, if we just talk about self-respect, what is, I, if I respect myself, I trust myself, I think I'm good enough, I think that my answers will be good enough. And if I don't have that ultimate confidence in myself, then when something like wisdom, which, if it's going to just sort of, oh, this just appeared, this came into my head out of, you know, un, un, sort of unbidden, or I've asked a question and the, all this, this answer comes into my head. If I don't trust it, then I'm not going to use it and I'm going to argue my way out of it because I didn't think about it hard enough first. I didn't overthink it. There must be something wrong with me. <laughs> and because we're a metaphysical group here, 
I asked the question, why don't we use our wisdom? But now let's turn that metaphysically so that we will use it, so that we can use it, so Mm -hmm. that we want to use it. Mm -hmm. How? What is the mindful practice that we can use to discern previous topic from a previous podcast, discern what is wisdom as opposed to being our thinking and then using it for the best possible means? How do we do that? The first thing is to learn to stop. So, you know, we're, we're all moving so fast and we're all got our electronic devices yelling at us and um, all of that. And so the, the thing to do is to learn to stop. And stopping doesn't mean stop for an hour or two. It, it could even mean for one minute. There's a great book out there called The One Minute Meditation. And um, I didn't get all the way through it <laughs> because... <laughs> I know. Well, what he does is he starts you out doing this one, this exercise, and then he says, stop reading the book and do this exercise for a while. And it was working so well for me, I never went back and finished it. Um, You know, but so um, just taking one minute, and an example is, I think, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but my husband and I were getting ready to go, we're going somewhere one day, and I didn't want to go, I wanted to stay home. And I was all grumbly in my head. And we went to Costco uh, to get gas. And I, he, was, he was getting the gas, and I thought, this is going to be an icky day. So I got out my phone, I set it for one minute, and I got quiet. <clears throat> and by the time that minute was over, by the time my phone dinged, I was in a completely different place. And I went out and I had fun that day. So it took me, you know, 60 seconds to turn it around. And I didn't do anything except be quiet. So that's the first thing. The other thing is that, and this is just a technique that I I somehow came to me, is that if you've got a head thing coming in your head, it's like I'm I'm looking for answers, and this this answer starts coming in your head, and you don't you're trying to argue it because you can't believe that maybe you could come up with such a good idea, right? Who me? Yeah. yeah, or anybody, because yeah. um, right. Donna, you're just full, full filled with good ideas. I mean, you know, we. But anyway, it's but, like but I, I was speaking for humanity. Oh, there okay, when I yeah, said that. yeah. It was sort of a, it was sort of a generic. We look at each, we look at each other and say, "Wow, that was really good." Did I actually say that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, so what I do is I put my hand over my heart and I just say, "I am Deborah." I say it three times, and then I so if this is mine, you know thank you. If it's not mine, please take it away. And I, it helps me discern whether I am tuning into other stuff or if it's my own inner voice speaking to me. But it all comes down to stopping. So we have to learn to stop. And then the, which we can do, that's, that certainly is achievable. It might take a little practice, but we can certainly learn to stop. The other thing that you said a few minutes ago that was worth repeating is we, as a culture, perhaps don't value wisdom. That's something that we can turn around as well. Mm -hmm. We can see it, we can recognize it, we can hear it, we can identify it. And then we can take that minute to stop as well. It's a different minute for a different purpose. But we can take a minute to reflect on the wisdom as we come across it and see what its value is. And maybe even start looking for wisdom um, in different places. It's like, 
Uh, this is a this is a, a weird example as well, but it's like I don't do a lot on Facebook, but I do go in there. I don't follow very many people, and what I do is I I I look at all the funny stuff. And so somehow or another, I am, I feel like I'm gaining some sort of wisdom by seeing what people think is actually funny. And I don't, I don't, if somebody is, doesn't have a sense of humor and is, you know, what I don't, I don't get into any of that. And so I kind of have a a Facebook wisdom thing in terms of what do I expose myself to? What do I engage with? And you'll see me, you know, post something funny once in a while, or I'll share something that I, I think is, is funny. But, um, and that's partly because I think that humor is probably the greatest wisdom that we have. Well, it certainly takes down some walls and some barriers mm-hmm. and lets us through a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you think of some of the the stories of some of the wisest people on the planet. That almost all of the uh, the, the these really wise people had hu- had tremendous senses of humor. They were able to to laugh and and chuckle. Maybe maybe you know the the the, the wise master chuckling about something when everybody else was in all tied up in knots. So that humor is the opening to mm-hmm. wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe the greatest wisdom is this is coming to me now is the greatest wisdom is to understand that everything's going to change in the next minute anyway. Hmm. The lack of permanence. Mm-hmm. Wisdom definitely involves understanding the lack of permanence. And the lack of permanence, we're really we're really weird as as human beings in terms of we we want things to change because we're uncomfortable, but we don't want the things to change because change makes us uncomfortable. And so we're always like, okay, here I am, and I don't really like this very much. But then when the opportunity for change comes along, we we get uncomfortable, and uh, we're just confused a lot. And so that stopping and thinking about just considering what's really going on here and how stuck am I? And, you know, how long, I mean, this will just change. Why am I, it comes back to to the surrender, to the just, you know, compassion for yourself, surrendering, not in terms of, 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 of falling on your sword, but surrendering in terms of not resisting, not fighting it. We're addicted to change and we're afraid of change, but is that cultural? That may not be universal. Yeah, you know what, I, I, I'm i such an American, that's the only culture I know, so I have to admit that. So I, yeah. I just look at us and go, wow. And then I, I look at people who have left their countries, their everything, some of them with the clothes on their back, um, and come here to start new lives, and I can't, I'm just astounded and some of those are the some of the wisest people you ever talk to not all of them but some of them are just you know surrender yeah yeah they've had to give up a lot they have to learn to understand something very new and we can do the same thing about wisdom 
Mm-hmm. We may be um, we may be in a country that we think culturally isn't very cool about wisdom, but that doesn't mean we can't find it and identify it and learn from it. It just involves that surrender, and it just involves that consciousness. And I say just because we're the only people making it difficult. It might be really easy. You know, and it does, I will say, I have to admit that it does get easier as you get older. And I think that's partly because if you you walk through enough things, you realize that things are going to change. You realize that it's like at the beginning of the pandemic, and of course, I changed, we all changed our minds, but a lot of us were saying, okay, we've got a generation that there were just some people who, who had lived through World War II, but then starting with the baby boomers, there's the Korean War, there's, well, it really starts for most of us with the assassination of JFK. And then all of those things, and it's like, we survived this, we survived this, we survived this, we survived, but none of those required us to stop our lives and stay home. None of them, not even, um, you know, on 9-11, I mean, people still were able to go about their lives and go to the grocery store and get together socially. And here, the, 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 the pandemic, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, was a, was a completely different animal for all of us who, you know, because there's, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody really left from the 1918, maybe a few, but... You know, so, uh, yeah, uh, and I think in some respects, the older generation had a little bit, uh, I can't say that. I won't even say that they had an easier time. Everybody had their own experience. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. no. But as we get older, we, uh, we're we not worried about our, our raising our kids. We're not worried about our relationship. We're not worried about our career. We're not worried about making our, you know, making it in the world anymore. We've been in the world long enough that we... Here we are. <laughs> and there is a lot of wisdom in coming to a certain age and saying, I'm really tired of paddling upstream. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And not everybody knows that until years have gone by and we've paddled upstream too many times. Yeah. Wisdom kicks in, but so has some age. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and at the same time, you know, like I said, that people of any age have, I think it's really important to, to realize that every one of us, every one of you listening to us have your own innate wisdom. What is the highest and best for you? And maybe, you know, and what is your, your, your own internal knowing, you know, how are you guided and what is your personal? So maybe there's personal wisdom, and then there's the, you know, the, the group wisdom and the cultural wisdom. Um, all the ancestral wisdom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe what we're talking about here today more than anything is, is our, what's your personal wisdom? How do you tap into your personal wisdom? Um, your, you know, because to me, it, wisdom is, is your inner knowing. It's your inner guidance. It's your, it's your inner compass. Not right. moral compass, that's a whole different deal, but, you know, just Your my, inner. My, my inner wisdom is what keeps me from doing real. And yes, I ignore it. And yes, I talk myself out of it a lot. But that's where, when we asked the question earlier in this session, how then do we use it? Mm-hmm. The answer is the same. 
Yeah. The answer is the same in that we have to recognize it. We have to consciously be aware of it. We have to acknowledge that we all have it. And then we have to make the choice to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's probably much easier than we've made it. Oh, everything is a lot easier than yeah, what we made exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> the whole point, huh? Well, Donna, I think that's a beautiful summation of what we've talked about. And uh, I think we couldn't just let it go with that unless you have something else to add. And yeah, and I don't. So let's let it go with that. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for being with us today. And we're really looking forward uh, to next week. I can't imagine what we're going to talk about. But I believe our, talk <laughs> to- our topic is imagination. And we wish you I a week that. full of insights and blessings. And thank you, Donna. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, And may the joys of the world go with you.